0: Do you wish you could make more fun vacation memories with your family every year? I'm Lynn Mettler, aka Go-To travel Gal. Welcome to the Family's Fly Free podcast, where I help you learn to travel more by spending less and explain how easy it is for your entire family to fly free. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Family's Fly Free podcast. I have got a special guest with us today. We have got Ash Nudd. She is a former park ranger who runs her own blog, dirtinmyshoes.com. Um, And I've really enjoyed her tips about visiting national parks um, over the last year or so, and so I thought we'd bring her on today um, to give us some tips on visiting the national parks in the wintertime, because we know that all throughout summer and fall, people have been going in droves to the national parks, um, because it's a good thing you can do um, as a road trip or see the national park in your own backyard. But since we're recording this during winter, um, I thought we'd have her tell us what some of our options are to see national parks during the winter, whether you like warm weather or whether you like snow and cold weather. So welcome, Ash. Um, Will you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Hi, Lynn. Good to be with you. Uh, My name is Ash. And as Lynn said, I am a former park ranger. I've worked in Utah, Alaska, and Wyoming, and so some of the beautiful parks in those states are um, my favorite places to visit, and it was a really cool experience. And um, now I have my family. I have two little boys and my husband. We travel all over the country, visiting all the different national parks. We dig in really deep. We know the parks very well, and then I write about it at Dirt in My Shoes. So it's been really fun. I'm just national parks obsessed. I'm so passionate about the parks and just love helping people plan the best vacations they can.
0: And it's probably impossible to get sick of the national parks, right? Like (laughs) even you?
1: (laughs) It's true. Every time you go back, you discover something new. Like there's just, well, and even if you do the same hike over and over again, it's always a different experience because Mm. the weather or the, you know, just the sun hits the cliff in a certain way. And it's just like, oh, I could do this all day, every day.
0: Right. Yeah. Even the time of day going at sunrise or sunset, (laughs) it would be a totally different, different experience. So, okay. Well, so what, what do you think that um, we should look for in terms of a national park that would be good to visit during the winter? And again, whether you're looking for warm weather or cold weather options,
1: So the biggest thing that I would take into account is really just what's going to be open in the park that you're looking at, because some parks, they get like a ton of snow and then they'll close things down, the roads close down, um, and there's just not that much to do, Um, whereas other parks do get a ton of snow, but they keep a lot of the stuff open or they have more winter fun activities that they leave open. And so um, that makes a big difference. And if you're looking for a warm weather park or somewhere that doesn't get snow, uh, looking at the crowding and how many people are gonna be there and and, um, making sure that all the stuff that you wanna see is going to be available and open for you.
0: So what are some good ways to find that information?
1: So I would suggest uh, first, choosing a national park that you're thinking you're wanting to go to. And then you'll go to the um, NPS, the National Park Service site. And usually there's like a current conditions page or an alerts page that will kind of tell you um, what is open. A lot of times they'll update their trails for winter conditions and things like that. Uh, They'll have pages on the roads and what's open. So it does take a little bit of digging Uh, which is why I wanted to come on and talk about kind of some of my favorites, if you're hoping to not have to do too much research, but still wanting to go to a great park this winter.
0: And, and too, like, I always have trouble with the national park websites. They just, I never can find exactly what I want, but we, for example, we're going to, uh, we wanted to do the North Rim of the Grand Canyon a couple months ago, and in October, and it seems like it closes down the North Rim at a certain point. And I could not tell, for the life of me, by looking at the website, if we would be able to go in or if it was just the visitor center that was closed. So I just picked up. Uh-huh. I just actually called them. So that'd be my tip. You can actually just call them and ask, too, <laughs> right? Like if you cannot figure it out on the website, which is me, and they were like, "Yep, we're open. You're fine." And then I just didn't have to worry about it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, and. And I will say that sometimes, well, what's a, what's a pain kind of with the national park website um, is that it varies where you can find that information, like per park. Oh. And so, you know, on some parks, it's like really easy to find. They'll put it um, all on one page, you know, of like these are the roads that are open. These are the trails that are open, you know, and, and so you can find that for some parks, but some parks you really do have to dig. Uh, For example, like Yellowstone closed down a few trails the summer and you like, I know where to look for it because I know exactly, but you have to go like down into the specific section of the park and look for the construction updates. And so, so it just, it wasn't um, put up there for all to see. Right. For it to be easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: And does looking at the, their social media, might that be a good place to check too?
1: That's a really good place to check. I would just follow the park on, um, they update Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. A lot of them do road updates and stuff on Twitter. Um, so if you just follow the park that you're thinking of going to, then you can kind of get a feel for what's open. But again, that's gonna change um, and it's kind of hard to keep it all straight. Like sometimes they'll announce that it's closed, but then you know they'll get it clear and it will reopen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And stuff like that, you know, so social media is a really good place to stay on top of what's happening, but um, it's not always going to be the most up to date, uh, depending on, you know, when you go.
0: And in terms of knowing about crowds, um, maybe you'll like that's sort of hard to know right but y- maybe you give us some suggestions um, about your favorite winter parks, and whether they might or might not be crowded.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the benefits of, of going to a national park in the winter months, as opposed to other times of the year? I would imagine this would be the slowest time of the year, I guess, depending on the park, but in most parks.
1: Yeah, it does depend on the park. Um, but most parks, yeah, you're, if, if especially if it's a cold weather park, um, there's just hardly any visitors. go during the winter you know everybody wants to go in the summer when things are open when they can see all the things Um, especially if you've never been to the park before you know I always recommend going when things are open so that you can actually see things (laughs) so um, yeah so the cold weather parks for sure are, are a lot quieter and you can have some really neat experiences in those parks especially if you're hoping for some solitude and some peace and quiet you know it's it's a different connection to the park than you'll get during the summer months for sure
0: and is wildlife perhaps more likely to be out or maybe different wildlife than you would see in summer months
1: yeah yeah um and in fact i some of the parks that i wanted to talk about you know the wildlife uh comes out or you can see the wildlife all year long Um, in most cases, but against the snow, it's a lot easier to spot things. Mm, So yeah, it makes, it makes for a really cool experience if you're willing to uh, check out into the cold snowy wilderness.
0: And like, I know I've seen some pictures of um, like some of Utah's national parks uh, with the, you know, dramatic red rocks and mesas and all that with the snow on it. And like how beautiful and how, um, striking that is to see the, you know, the white, white snow on the red rock. So might be an opportunity to see, um, you know, something entirely different as you're saying, like anytime you go, it's a little bit different, but, um, you get a completely different experience. I would imagine going in the winter.
1: Oh, there's nothing like that. Red rock with snow on it. (laughs) So pretty.
0: (laughs) Awesome. All right. Um, So are parks um, that are open in winter usually less busy? And I guess you were saying that the cold weather ones are, but what about the warm weather ones? So
1: for the warm weather parks, that's like their go time. That's their main season. Um, That's when the crowds are going to be there. So it's kind of opposite, you know, you've got um, really warm parks that are just too warm to visit during the summer. Uh, But the off season, what we would typically call the off season for most national parks is the best time to go. That's when you'll get the best weather. That's when the things are open. Um, That's when you'll have the best experience in that park. So yeah, it kind of flip-flops. If you're looking for a warm weather park, winter probably will be crowded if the weather is nice.
0: Okay. And what are some things to consider to be aware of um, when going to some of these parks during the winter.
1: Um, So the main thing is just to make sure you're watching the weather. Um, If you're not from the Western United States, especially uh, those mountain passes, um, the roads going in and out of the parks can be really steep. Um, You know, you're driving through mountain ranges (laughs) to get to a lot of these parks. And so, um, and I know that a lot of uh, people like to fly into a city and then dry, uh, drive to the park using a rental or something like that. Yeah. Um, but you just want to make sure most parks, if they do get snow, then they do require chains okay. during the winter. Mm-hmm. So you'll definitely need chains. In fact, they, they don't even let you drive in if you don't have chains. It's Um, mandatory so
0: (laughs) probably you need to be a confident driver in the snow I would imagine
1: (laughs) yeah well and you know when you're down in the city there may not be as much snow but as you start climbing into the mountains and going into those mountain passes I mean it can get pretty hairy in there so it's definitely something to keep in mind just make sure you're watching the weather and uh, making sure that you're prepared for the snow so that would be for the cold weather parks, right?
0: And and I would imagine, too, with that, I mean, you know, many of these national parks, there's no cell service. So you you would want to be prepared in case you get stuck somewhere, right, with, I would think, food and water and your survival gear just in case.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you think about some of these parks like um, Yosemite or, you know, anywhere that's very mountainous. I mean, you're in the middle of the mountain range. And so uh, they get a lot more snow probably than you're used to even at your own home (laughs) or in your own city, you know? So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, But you can just check the weather forecast. Just make sure you're watching it. Uh, They will close down roads if there's big storms coming and things like that. You know, they'll often close those down in anticipation of the storm just so that people don't come in unprepared and get stuck.
0: And do they run like the parks that have shuttles? that are open during the winter, do they run the shuttles during
1: the winter? Um, typically not.
0: Okay. So that wouldn't be an option you you'd have to drive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, most parks don't run their shuttles during the off seasons, So yeah, you would be driving yourself in most cases.
0: And do the park rangers on a regular basis go through and like just, um, I don't know, check for people who might be stuck or lost or anything like that?
1: They do. Yeah, there's typically um, park rangers patrolling the roads and things. Um, However, if it is off season in the park, you're just going to find less staff. Okay. And less rangers uh, because a lot of the rangers that work in the parks are seasonal. They're there during the high season. Um, And then there's just a smaller number of park rangers that work year round.
0: Okay. All right. So let's talk about some of your favorite winter park picks, both warm weather and cold winter weather.
1: Okay. Let's, I feel like we've been talking a lot about the cold weather parks. Yes, we have. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start there um, to kind of give you an idea of some of the parks that I really enjoy um, that have snow. And disclaimer to this, I live in Utah, so I'm used to the snow. And so I typically during the winter like to go somewhere warm.
0: <laughs> those mm-hmm. would be
1: what I lean towards, but there are some really cool um, snowy, cold weather parks that are great for winter. So uh, the first one that I wanted to talk about—it's kind of cheating because it's two different parks—but um, the Yellowstone and Grand Teton area of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those parks are awesome in the winter. So um, the best thing about Yellowstone that I love during the winter they actually close down most of their roads, so the only way that you can get into the park. um, By car is through the north entrance of Gardner and you drive along the north part of the park and go out the northeast entrance. Um, But you can't go very far out the northeast entrance so you really need to base your trip in Gardner and just drive that road there okay. Um, But that road travels to the Lamar Valley, which is honestly, I think the best place in the contiguous United States to see wildlife. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what can you see there? (laughs) Everything. Um, There's bears, buffalo, pronghorn, bighorn sheep, uh, wolves. um, And that's really the draw is the wolves. um, Mm -hmm. that's somewhere that people love to go in the winter because the wolf packs are out and active. You can see them against the snow. Cool. Wolf watching is really good in the winter.
0: And can't you do things you can do like sleigh ride or things like that through Yellowstone?
1: Yeah, exactly. So then some of the entrances, even though the roads aren't open, you can book a snowmobile tour or they have like these snow coaches that are kind of bigger uh, buses hold more people um, that can go drive over the snow and uh, they actually keep a lodge open down at Old Faithful. So they'll take you down there. You can stay overnight at Old Faithful and um, see the park in the winter and a part that you can't drive to. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really cool experience. There's um, actually some great things to do. They also have like some ski huts so you can back cross-country ski the roads too and go to the different huts and stuff like that so um, they do they do a great job of keeping being the park fun and having a lot of activities still that you can do during the winter
0: so is do a lot of people take advantage of that
1: um, still no you know uh-huh. it's it stays fairly busy but it's it's a quiet experience compared to yellowstone um, during the rest of the year
0: so, if somebody wanted to do that this winter, what what do you would they have a good chance of being able to, or do you think yeah, it would be I booked?
1: Would, well, um, probably not. Okay. <laughs> so I would I would look into it. Um, typically, from December to about March um, is the main time to go if you want to do the winter activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they start stop. Uh, they stop doing the. The over snow travel and things in March, so that they can start clearing the roads okay. for the spring. So, yeah, that kind of March is the cutoff for that. Um, and then I would just say Grand Teton is near Yellowstone. You know, they're only separated by a little, a little drive. And so, um, but Grand Teton's a great uh, place too. They actually groom their inner park road, so that you can cross country ski. Um, they do that quite often, but then you've got the town of Jackson right there, which is a really big ski town. So there's a lot going on there in mm-hmm. the winter. That's kind of their second main season, actually. So there's just yeah. a lot to do in that area. Okay. Um, okay. And then, so the next cold weather park that I wanted to mention uh, that I love visiting is Bryce Canyon. Mm-hmm. And, and this Bryce Canyon is in Utah. and lynn you mentioned the snow on the red rocks. And that is just pure magic. And I love seeing that at Bryce Canyon. So
0: yeah, and Bryce Canyon, we, we went in April, and there was snow. <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah, uh, but the and it's known for those hoodoo structures, which again, look like you're on another planet. Um, it's so distinctive to that particular area, right?
1: It is. Yeah, it's Oh, the first time you look over the rim down into the canyon and see all those hoodoos—I mean, it is just unforgettable. Yeah, so, but it's Bryce beautiful. Canyon is Bryce Canyon is really good um, in the winter. They do a great job of trying to keep their roads open. The rangers lead snowshoe hikes um, during the winter, and so that's kind of a fun um, activity. So, can and you
0: you can snowshoe down into the canyon and around?
1: You can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you definitely want like snowshoes or yak tracks or something with good traction. It does get icy. Uh, Bryce Canyon is at almost 9,000 feet above sea level. So it gets a lot of snow. Um, it gets really cold, but they do a great job of keeping it open as they can. There's a lot of overlooks that you can see. Um, so even if you don't want to hike down or snowshoe down into the Amphitheater, you can stay on top and still just have the beautiful, beautiful views. So that's a really great one. Okay. That's probably my favorite Utah park to visit in the winter as far as seeing the red rocks with snow.
0: And, you know, it's easy. You can fly into Las Vegas is probably the closest major airport. I think it's closer than Salt Lake, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's... Well, yeah, it's probably, it might be about sixes um, to get to Bryce Canyon, but Vegas is closer to Zion, which is also a great one to visit at that time.
0: And Zion and Bryce are actually quite close too. They're only an hour and a half or something like that apart.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming to Vegas, you'll drive, you can actually just drive right through Zion to get to Bryce Canyon. Um, So you might as well stop at Zion too while you're right there. It's awesome.
0: So, and that's what we did. Exactly. That fly to Vegas, Zion, Bryce.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do too. Unless you want <clears throat> unless you're big into skiing and you want to hit the ski resorts up in Salt Lake, <laughs> that I would fly into Vegas and go through Zion. Okay. Um, okay. So the, then the, the last cold weather park that I wanted to talk about is Yosemite. So I'm kind of hitting on some of the big popular parks. And that's on purpose because um, any of these parks will be pretty busy in the summer, but they really turn into like a winter wonderland during the winter. Mm-hmm. And you just get to see the park in a totally different way than you would if you visited with all the crowds and all the people during the summer. So, And that is not
0: fun with all the crowds. So <laughs> if you can do it at a time when there aren't crowds there, I mean, because you just don't want to be, you know, I don't know, we found like in Zion stopping every two seconds and backing up against the wall so people could pass. Like it, it sort of diminishes the, the amazing part of being out in a national park where you feel like you're going to be in quiet and solitude, you know? So I, I definitely would recommend, yeah, if you can find a way to go outside of the crowds, do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, and on that note, Zion is awesome during the winter because the weather typically is pretty good. Um, you know, you're talking like fifties, oh that's perfect isn't it yeah yeah so some of the higher elevation trails will keep snow but um the lower valley trails and stuff don't and you just don't get as many crowds so
0: and zion is super hot in the summer correct so
1: hot yeah i I do not like being there in the summer because you're over 100 degrees you know
0: yeah no thank you
1: (laughs) yeah it can be a little miserable so winter is awesome (laughs) um but the last one I wanted to talk about was Yosemite. And again, Yosemite is typically quite, well, very busy during the summer. Uh, but during the winter, it's an interesting time. They closed down some of their roads. So you wouldn't be able to drive like the Tioga Road up to Tulumne Meadows. Um, you can't drive all the way to Glacier Point. They close the road down there. So those are some of like the popular things to do that wouldn't be open. But what is open is they keep the valley open, which is the main part that you'll see in pictures, you know, with all the towering cliffs and Mm -hmm. beautiful waterfalls. Uh, The waterfalls do typically dry up, but as the snow melts, you know, or if you've gotten a good storm, sometimes those will be there. And um, they have, they turn, uh, part of the Yosemite Valley, they have an ice skating rink. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's cool. Yeah,
1: so you can kind of have like this, just beautiful winter vacation in Yosemite Valley. It's quiet. You know, hmm. There's um, the hush of just peace that you don't usually feel in that area. And uh, you can go ice skating. They have a little ski resort that you can go to. Um, you can cross country ski out to Glacier Point. So they do close down the road, but then you can cross country ski out there and have that beautiful view to yourself. Uh, so, and then also in February of every year, there's what's called the firefall. And I don't know if you've heard of this, uh, but it's actually a waterfall that, uh, the sun hits it just right. Mm. And it looks like it's on fire.
0: I think I have seen pictures of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's, um, it doesn't always happen. The conditions have to be just right. <laughs> and, <laughs> That February, like it's like two weeks in February, get really, really busy with mm. people coming, trying to see the firefall. fall. Okay. Um, however, I mean, it's like, it's a major bucket list item. So it's, if you're willing to put up with some crowds and also want to see Yosemite in the snow, um, then you may want to try for that.
0: And was there, is there a certain time of day that happens, did you say?
1: Um, it's usually around sunset. Okay. Uh, but the water has to be flowing, so again, like it has to have gotten enough snow, and then warm enough for some water to melt off the cliffs, okay, <laughs> and start coming down. You know, so it's always hit and miss. But uh, like uh, this year, I'm pretty sure it really wasn't good this year. But the year before was like one of the best they'd ever seen. Hmm.
0: So. <laughs> oh, I want to do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's just one of those things, you know. If you want to see Yosemite in the snow, and also try for the firefall. Um, then February is a good time.
0: All right. Those are great, great winter weather options.
1: Yes. So let's talk about um, the warm weather places that I like to go. And again, this is not an all-inclusive list. There are some parks that I'm not going to mention that are great uh, for warmer weather. But these are my favorite ones, these are ones that I typically hit every winter uh, and that I look forward to, so I just wanted to um, tell you a little bit about my favorites Um, with the first one being Death Valley. So um, Death Valley is in California it's um, actually only a couple hours from Vegas. So again, that might be where you'd want to fly into and just drive over to Death Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and truthfully, Death Valley was one of those parks that I was like, uh, I don't know that I really care to go there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. So you have to tell us what, what's there to see and do.
1: So um, when I got there, so the thing that makes Death Valley famous is that it's the lowest, hottest, driest place in the country. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I always just thought, well, you just go, you know, it's all desert. You just see the desert and then, you know, you like stand at the lowest spot, take your picture and you're good, you know?
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) But um, so the first time I went to Death Valley, I was just like blown away that I hadn't been there before. And it's become my favorite winter destination. I love visiting Death Valley. I look forward to it every single year. Um, Mostly just because it feels very wild. It's very raw. Um, It's the biggest national park in the contiguous United States. Wow. And Hmm. so it just covers this huge expanse of the desert. Um, But what's cool about it is although it is a very harsh desert, it's amazing what can live there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what got me excited about being there is, um, we were camping and, um, I heard coyotes howling like all night
0: <laughs> wow. from our
1: campsite. And I thought, how are those even living here? It is so dry. There's like no water. <laughs> it gets so hot. I mean, you're talking like 120 degrees plus in the summer. Um, wow. So, If you go during the summer, you really won't do much, probably, except um, just stand in the lowest place and then leave because it's just unbearably hot.
0: Right, right.
1: But the winter is awesome. The temperatures, I mean, you're talking like 70s. Uh, It's just, there's so much to do. There's a bunch of hiking. There's a lot of back roads. Um, There's sand dunes that you can play in.
0: That's a good, good thing for kids always is the sand.
1: Oh, my kids would just spend all day every day there if they could. Yeah. <laughs> but they actually also filmed parts of Star Wars in Death Valley, and you can do the hike, yeah. like the Golden Canyon hike, where they filmed some of Star Wars. Um, but then there's also this huge mountain that's part of the park, Telescope Peak. And so you actually also do get some forests, um, you know, some snow there's snow on that peak almost every time we're there wow. in January or February. And so it's just it's full of surprises. I feel like every time I go there's just something else cool that I discover in that park.
0: And you know, just talking about deserty parks when we were in Canyonlands, which is a desert, like my husband had a stop we were way out on this hike, and we were just out in the middle of nowhere and stop and listen to the quiet and how, like, there was literally not a bird, (laughs) you know, (laughs) things that can survive out there. I mean, I'm sure there are birds, but there was like just next to nothing and there was just not a sound. And he was like, you know, like, I've never experienced this type of quiet before, you know? where all you yeah. hear is what the ringing in your own ears or whatever. Yeah, but, um,
1: I was going to say, it's a little unnerving.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a quite an experience. And if, if you can get into these parks where there aren't tons of people I and mean, we there was not a soul out there with us, you know, um, is really, it was amazing. But um, it, so, you know, is it, uh, can you just drive into Death Valley? Do you drive to the different spots and to the trailheads and everything?
1: Yeah, yeah, you can mostly drive to everything. Um, there are definitely like different levels of adventure so the first time we went you know we pretty much stick to the main trailheads and stuff like that Um, but as we've been going back more we've been discovering there's just more back roads Um, there's a lot of mining in that area they did borax mining Mm -hmm. for a while and so there's um, you know some abandoned mines you can explore the areas around those and you know it's just there's so much diversity actually, more than you would think in such a barren place.
0: Yeah, and those old mines, like that's a good thing if you have kids too. Like I have two boys as well. And inevitably, if we can find some sort of old equipment or whatever that's been abandoned somewhere, they love that, you know? Yeah. That's a great way to there's- kind of engage them on a long hike, <laughs> you know, stop and explore for a little bit.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of that in Death Valley. Uh, they have a lot of abandoned mine equipment and things. There's a ghost town outside of one of the entrances that you can go see that's pretty eerie. and Oh, cool. Um, yeah. You know, there's just some really interesting things in that park. I'm never, um, I never have the same experience when I go back. Again, you know, we're typically always going in January or February. That's my favorite time to be there. But um, there's just so much to explore.
0: And you do a good job on your site of um, offering, you know, kind of some lesser known areas to see in different parks. And um, um, Ash offers has also has itineraries for, for some different parks where she gives you suggestions of um, like hidden hikes, I think you call them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like yeah. hikes, maybe only the park rangers really know about that offer the same scenery, but not everybody and their brother is on them.
1: Yeah, we actually just this last winter uh, found a new secret hike in Death Valley that was really cool. So I'm in the process of making an itinerary for this park, Okay, Uh, but that that secret hike will be on there. And again, it was just, it is, it's kind of eerie uh, to be on a trail all by yourself when you're used to being around people. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. so that's that's what that hike was for us, you know, we're like, um, the secret hikes often are unmaintained trails. So they're not official trails, but usually you can follow follow them pretty easily. Okay. Um, But we, so we were going back into this little canyon, and uh, there's signatures on the wall from like the 1800s. Oh wow! You know, it's just. But we're all by ourselves. i mean, literally all alone. (laughs) So it was it was really cool experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing nothing quite like that. I think that being out in nature undiscovered, you kind of feel like, yeah, with, with no one passing you the whole way. Very cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Death Valley, for sure. If you've not been interested in going before, it hasn't really felt exciting to you. Um, I just encourage you to give it a try, go check it out and just look for the little things like the amazing plants and animals that can live there. You know, the, the different landscapes that Um, exist there despite not having any water and despite having 120 degree temperatures you know and I think you'll come to really love it um, and it will be a really cool destination.
0: Awesome we're we're adding it to our list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good maybe we'll see you there. (laughs) Um, My second favorite warm weather park is Big Bend National Park. And Big Bend is at um, the bottom of Texas, right along the Rio Grande River, and so you are literally steps away from Mexico. Um, That's how far down you are, and that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just middle of nowhere, Texas, for else, like, you're driving in, and you're, I remember the first time we drove in, I looked over at my husband, and he looked at me, and we both just gave each other these looks, like, where are we going, (laughs) There's nothing around here, you know, you just drive huh. for hours through West Texas that's just dry and desolate. And, and then you get to Big Bend and it's this oasis near the river, um, this beautiful, big, life-giving river in the middle of the desert. Um, and Big Bend also has um, some mountains that you can hike in. So it's got like the varying temperatures and, and uh, scenery. And it's just, it's really nice in the, in the winter.
0: What what's the scenery like there? Like compared to another park, say,
1: uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely a desert. You know, okay. you just don't have as many trees and things like that. It's not really red rock like Utah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so it's more it's more browns. Um, it's more scrubby bushes. Okay, and things like that, um, but then. You can drive up into the Chisos mountains where you'll get a little bit more foliage, um, a little bit more varied views. But again, it's a lot of brown. Um, (laughs) But as you get down by the river, then that's where you'll get like the big trees, you'll get um, the beautiful flowers, you'll get a lot of um, water birds. It's, it's really good for birding. A lot of people love going birding at Big Bend because you've got this big river that you know there's not water <laughs> anywhere else you mm, know that's, mm-hmm. that's what that's where the water is that's where the wildlife goes right um, so yeah it's just it's a really unique park
0: and what's like the closest major texas city to it
1: um so when we come in from utah we always drive through el paso um okay and that's really <laughs> the closest one the biggest city you'll have like El Paso or like um Lubbock Mm -hmm. kind of a little bit further east um but and then you get down there and there's like the town of Alpine which is not very big but it does have amenities but even from there you're still about an hour out from the park
0: so is that Um, if you were staying you would stay in Alpine or
1: you could stay in Alpine. A lot of people just camp in the park, and there's also mm. one lodge.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: There's one lodge in the park. So if you can stay in the park, I mean, that will cut down on a ton of driving. Uh, we usually camp. There's really nice campground down at the Rio Grande Village um, where you're right by the river. And so, um, yeah, I would try to stay in the park if you can. But if not, then Alpine's or uh, Terlingua's on the other side. But again, like Turlink was super small. <laughs> There's not much there. Yeah. Uh, but they may have some, a few options. So you really, I mean, you really are not near anything, which is part of the magic of Big Bend, right? I think it, it takes a lot of effort to get down there, and so once you're there, you know, you kind of have like this community with the other people that are there. Like we all made it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, those are some of my favorite places in the world. Are places that you have to work to get to because there aren't as many people there. And that's why, you know, I mean, like tell your rides my favorite places. And they're just, I mean, unless you have a private jet, there's just not a great way to get there without right. <laughs> flying to a very small airport or, or driving in from Denver or something, you know, but I think that's what makes it so magical is because it's less, you know, it's un, more unspoiled because of that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I would just say about big bend, um, so wintertime is their go time. That's their main season. Um, the summer gets really hot. Um, they get summer monsoons. Um, so most people don't go during the summer. But I will say, uh, try to avoid mid-March if you can, uh, because that's spring break in Texas. And oh. the park does get so busy mid-March.
0: Hmm. So, and do you think would the lodge, um, does it fill up in the winter?
1: It um, It does. It's it's more competitive to get a room at that watch it's not very big okay so yeah for sure um and then the campground the Rio Grande campground's pretty big um but they also have some kind of off road being campsites <laughs> mm. um, but you don't need in most cases you don't need like a special vehicle to get back to those ones but those ones you can go stop at the visitor center and try to get a night or two Um, and then you really would be alone (laughs) so okay yeah there's some really cool options down there but just don't go in mid-march if you can help it
0: okay good tip
1: (laughs) um and then the last one that i wanted to talk about is another family favorite for us is saguaro national park and um if you've seen any of the western movies or you're from the west you know like the saguaro cactus is such an icon Mm-hmm. of the american west and so i still remember the first time that i saw one in person i had not seen one before <laughs> because they only grow naturally in like a very few spots in the u.s and uh, we were driving down to saguaro and you kind of passed them along the way and it was just mind-blowing how beautiful and big and majestic these mm. uh, beautiful saguaro cactus are so it's a really cool park uh it's a little bit smaller it's down in uh, near tucson arizona so you're pretty close to mexico you know you're kind of at the bottom of arizona there where it stays nice and warm during the winter and um there's just there's a few hikes there's not a ton to do in this park but the area itself is really fun
0: and it's, <clears throat> I'm just looking at my map here, but like, uh, so it would be far from, say, Sedona or something. That seems to be another popular hiking spot.
1: Yeah, you're, you're a few hours from Sedona. Okay. Probably uh, three to four yeah, hours from Sedona. In the... from Sedona. Um, so down in Tucson, Saguaro is interesting because you've got two sections of the park. You've got east and west. And then Tucson, the city, is in between. So oh. you're actually pretty much in town while you're traveling around Sahuaro National Park.
0: <laughs> hmm, so, interesting.
1: Yeah, so it kind of adds a different element. It's more of a, you know, you can go to the park and, and see the sights and, and do some hiking and stuff like that, but then you also are right in town. Um, they've got a really cool... Um, called the arizona sonora desert museum um and it's more like a zoo where they've got like the desert animals and wildlife and and plants and things like that Uh, that's right outside of the park Um, they've got my sons love the uh, pima air and space museum which is just like tons of big huge airplanes Mm. (laughs) Um, that's right outside of the west or the east side of the park sorry this deserts outside of the west side um where the museum is but anyway, so you've got like the town in the middle we always eat snoring hot dogs um while we're there which is a tucson thing and then yeah. we go to the park <laughs> and then you've also got like um oregon pipe cactus national monument okay is nearby it's about probably like an hour to an hour and a half ish away from suhoro and that um, national monument is awesome so if you're just wanting to see like some typical like just the iconic desert plants um, then saguaro is a really fun fun area
0: so would you recommend doing that like over a weekend say um, since there's less to do there
1: yeah you really don't need a ton of time unless you're planning on also going to some other places in arizona Um, like you mentioned Sedona. Sedona is really popular. Um, You've got like, I mean, obviously the Grand Canyon is in Arizona. That does get snow, but it does um, also stay open. The South Rim does, um, which is the closest entrance from Sahuaro. Um, Then you've got like Petrified Forest National Park also. So Arizona is a really fun place to be. Um, The Phoenix area just has so much to do as well. Not as much by way of like national parks, but if you're looking for just a really fun, warm destination, um, Arizona is really a great choice.
0: And we always like to also look, you know, if we're going to some national parks, find some state parks in the area too. That can be a way to kind of add on some time to your trip and to see some, again, still amazing landscapes and typically a less crowded area. So I know you live in Utah. Utah has so many great like, yeah. jaw-droppingly beautiful state parks um and i'm less familiar with arizona but i i'm sure in any state you can look and see what some of their top state parks are and if there's any nearby those are definitely always worth going going to i think
1: yeah and there is one um near so just outside of tucson um karchner cavern state park um it's, it's actually really cool <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so it's got this big cave system down there that you can go walk through. Um, and then also when we're in the area, we, I, I like eat up all things old west. I love the American West. I love all the history yeah. and stories and things behind it. Um, so then there's also just a short, maybe like an hour, hour and a half from Saguaro is um, Tombstone, Arizona. Oh, you've heard of that. That so that's of a course old Western town. Yeah. Gotta go there. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a fun destination for us. We love going there. They do, like, the Old West shootouts, and um, they have the saloons and and things like that. Yeah, how fun. Yeah, so it's just, it's a really fun destination. It keeps my kids really engaged, uh, because the hikes in Sahuaro typically are shorter, so they're not out um, all the time hiking. Um, There's, like I said, like the museums, um, tombstone, things like that around the caves, um, stuff like that. So it's just, there's a really good mix of activities in that area.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. All right. Well, those, so those were your three warm weather parks, right?
1: Yeah. Those are my favorite ones. And I just want to mention, like, if you're really looking for beaches, there's a lot of good beach national parks too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, We don't need to talk about them, but Hawaii has a few, Florida has some, uh, the Virgin Islands, Samoa. So if you're looking for like a beach getaway, there actually are national parks that you can go to. So those are good warm weather ones as well. Right. Absolutely. I don't make it to those ones yearly. So I wanted to talk about the ones that I look forward to visiting every year.
0: Yeah. Yes. So do you have any last tips for us in terms of visiting parks in the winter things people need to be aware of, plan for?
1: Um, I think that if you can just kind of change your mindset a little bit and expect to have um, also great opportunities to visit the national parks during the winters, there's some really wonderful ones. Um, And again, if you want to see something that you wouldn't typically see during the summer, or if you just want to have A good getaway. I know here for me, like once Christmas is over and January hits, it's like, okay, where can I go?
0: Yes, us too. So,
1: so, and the national parks are just so fun. I mean, it's just take your kids with you. You know, they love to explore and see new things. It's fun to see the national parks um, from a different angle. You know, you're out exploring in places maybe you wouldn't typically go to or you're doing things you wouldn't typically seek out to do. Um, And so it's just a really great getaway. You can take some fun trips. Um, There's a few holiday weekends in the winter that, you know, maybe you could get away for a three-day weekend. Most of these parks, um, you only need a couple days in. You know, it's not like you need to plan a big grand vacation. Uh, It's just somewhere you can go to have a fun time with your family and get away for a few days.
0: All right, super. Well, tell us um, you know, where we can find you and, and where our listeners can find your itineraries.
1: Yeah, if you want to find any lists of things to do, um, things you need to know before visiting the parks, um, then I would start at dirtinmyshoes.com. I have can't miss lists for all of these national parks that you can go read through and uh, see what there is to do, see pictures of the different things and get driving dirty and stuff like that. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest at Dirt in My Shoes. I'm also on YouTube at Dirt in My Shoes. So any of those places, anywhere you'd like to be.
0: And yeah, I will say we, uh, during our recent trip out to Utah to see um, arches and canyon lands, uh, we did Capitol Reef and the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. I just went to Ash's site. I pulled up her um, articles on the different parks are going to, I printed them out and I just did kind of preparation ahead of time. Okay, here's based on what she's written, what I think we wanna see. Um, and that was perfect. And then we were able to, and some of the trickier parks or trails take in you know her directions exactly with us, which we found to be super helpful. It just saves a lot of planning, <laughs> stress of trying to figure it out yourself when you can follow someone's advice who's already been there and already figured out the best thing, especially for families too, I think.
1: Yeah. And don't try to figure it out yourself. If you need help, um, I answer all my emails. I read through all my messages on social media and stuff like that. I'm always there to answer your questions. So if you have a park in mind that you're wanting to visit, I have people email me all the time saying, we're thinking we want to go here. What do you think? And I will give them my honest opinion. So.
0: Awesome. That is great. Well, thanks so much, Ash, for these are awesome tips i hope this inspires everyone to to get out and see some national parks this winter Um, and let us know um, if you do decide to go to any of these national parks and and what you think we'd love to hear from you so and if you found this podcast helpful we'd love it if you would review it for us give us honest review um, and subscribe if you want to get notified of future podcasts so thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode Ready to fly your family free? Come join me inside my Family's Fly Free program where you get my simple step-by-step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com join. That's familiesflyfree.com join to learn more and get started flying free today.